Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. I am your host, Chris Lee. Our guest today, Aaron Fitt of D1 Baseball. Aaron was at the Black and Gold Fall Series for the final two games. We will talk about what he saw at that. The guest line is presented by Bowl and Branch, started by Vanderbilt graduates Scott and Missy Tannen. I had no clue how comfortable Bowl and Branch sheets could be until I got some. They are fair trade certified, meaning they are made under safe conditions by men and women treated and paid fairly. Try them free for a month. You can return them, but you won't want to. Once you get the sheets, try the mattress. That was voted the best mattress of 2018. Go to bowlandbranch.com. That is spelled B-O-L-L. Enter the promo code Vandy and get $50 off your first set of sheets. The news today is presented by our friends at Sutherland and Belk, a Nashville-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt in any type of accident, please call Taylor or Russell at 615-846-6200. See what your rights are and if they can help. Vanderbilt is off in football this week, and the Commodores scheduled to resume the season next Saturday. That'll be Halloween. The opponent will be Ole Miss. That game will be in Nashville. The title sponsor of our podcast this year is Jody Jones DDS, trusted for his creative design and committed to both the function and aesthetics of your smile. Jody Jones provides a range of sought-after dental and cosmetic dentistry services at his practice in Nashville. He's earned the title of number one in Nashville for his cosmetic dentistry and provides a unique luxury environment for patients who want his famous Hollywood smile or other services. Patients enjoy getting services from Dr. Jones and his attentive team in a spy-like atmosphere. Dr. Jones has worked with many artists, movie stars, and celebrities over the years and is dedicated to providing first-rate results to all of his patients. He never compromises quality so patients can be confident they will always receive the highest level of care, Thank you to Jody Jones DDS for making this season of the podcast possible. Aaron Fitt joins us from D1 Baseball. He has been a good friend of mine for many years. I had the pleasure of running into Aaron briefly at the Black and Gold Series, which he saw games two and three. I saw games one and two. So with that, we will discuss what we saw this weekend. Aaron, thank you for joining us. You got it, Chris. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing really well now that we've gotten to see some college baseball, and I know you feel the same. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's been a long year. And it's uh, you know it's just good to, good to see these guys out there running around doing their thing. I want to rewind from Sunday because that's the one game I didn't see. What stood out to you there? Uh, well, I mean, the, the the first thing that stood out, I guess, is Isaiah Thomas. I mean, just a human wrecking ball. He was awesome for, for both days that I was there. I don't think – I think maybe he was retired one time in, in seven plate appearances that I saw. Um, you know, and even that ball was hit well. But, I mean, he hit two home runs <laughs> um, the other way. Uh, or I should say one of, them, one of them the other way, and the other one was just crushed over the, the monster there and left – um, a grand slam and a three-run shot, and um, you know, plus he had an RBI single. I mean, he just looks so good right now. I mean, the, you know, confident um, in the box. I, I love the the quiet approach. I love how well he's seeing the ball. I love that he's hitting a variety of different kinds of pitches, but he's really murdering fastballs. Uh, but I've, you know, we saw him hit a couple of off-speed stuff. Um, 
the other day also. I mean, he hit a slider uh, for a double down the uh, down the left field line into the corner on on Saturday. So you know, he's doing just a lot of good things. He's obviously a great athlete. We've always known that. We've always known he could run. But the way he's driving the ball and using all fields and just controlling the strike zone, it really stands out right now. You know, this may not be fair, right? But Vanderbilt has had attention for its pitching, but it's also had some National Player of the Year type hitters. You go back to Pedro Alvarez, you go to J.J. Bleday, you go to Austin Martin. Is he that level of talent? Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think I could quite put him in that in that category just because of the the track record that most of those guys had for multiple years. Now he came in with a lot of pedigree for sure. And, um, you know, for me, the, the career path reminds me of like, like Johnny Norwood, you know, and I think he's that kind of an athlete. Um, he's probably better, frankly, he's, he's, he's got higher upside than, than John Norwood did. Now we'll see if he hits a, you know, a college World series winning home run. Um, but, uh, uh, certainly, you know, Norwood had a really nice junior year there. And, and, you know, I think it's kind of a similar, like, power, speed, right field combination there. But, um, yes, I think Thomas is higher upside. I mean, you mentioned J.J. Blade. Um, you know, that's a guy that, because he was hurt a little bit, I mean, you know, he didn't really have the monster year until his junior year. And and I kind of do think that that Isaiah is taking that same kind of trajectory. I mean, he certainly was off to a good start last spring. Um, but I, I think he's going to do huge things this year. I mean, I think he's going to be an All-American. And, you know, yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if he played his way into the top you know, a couple rounds and, and maybe even the first round. I mean, the tools are, are obvious. He has tools. And, and so if the performance matches it, then, um, yeah, I mean, maybe I was selling him short by not thinking of him as that same kind of, you know, Austin Martin, Blade type, top top half of the first rounder. I mean, it's possible. Yeah. And to be fair, that's a lofty comparison, right? That's a really high bar. That's, you know, top two or three hitters in the country territory. But, you know, the thing is that he started to flash all-American type ability at the end of last year and frankly he flashed it as a freshman he just didn't have a place to go because of that loaded and experienced team but I think you said it probably best I think all-American is at least the, the territory that he settles in whether that's you know, player of the year type or those kind of kids remains to be seen but it seems to me like when you watch him I think he fits in that category pretty well yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, and that's just the, the evolution of his, his plate approach and his maturity. You know, I mean, it's one thing to have just raw power and, and speed. It's another thing to be able to really, you know, own an at bat the way that it appears he now can. Uh, it just, that really leaps out. And again, it, it did kind of remind me of what you saw from, from JJ Bleday as a junior, you know, it was a guy that not only did he have enormous power, but I mean, it was he, he struck fear into your heart every time he stepped into the box because he was, he was just not an easy out. You couldn't really pitch to him. And that's, I think Isaiah has that kind of, that kind of chance this year. Okay. I want to talk pitching for a minute. I want to stay away from rocker and lighter because everybody knows what those guys are. To me, the thing that I'm watching for is what are the true freshmen? Who are those guys who step up, who can have a role? I saw maybe Nelson Burke, which is a guy who can get some lefty outs for them. And let's be clear too. There's not going to be a lot of roles on that team. I think there's not a lot of spots to walk in compared to most years. So there's that. Uh, You also had Luke Murphy blowing up in front of our eyes. I think the scouts were buzzing about him. In terms of the guys maybe further away from the spotlight, what stood out to you with the pitching and who are guys you think will really have big roles for them this year? Well, I do want to talk about Luke Murphy before we move on because – 
Were you there for the, yes. the, the Luke Murphy show? That was Saturday, Yes, right? that was hard to miss. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that was, you know, and I think I tweeted after his first inning of work that that was the, the most impressive inning I've seen all fall. And then he came back out and, and looked good again in the in the final inning after, this, you know, two scoreless innings. But, I mean, it was electric. I mean, it was 94-96 and, um, you know, spotting up. And, and um, the breaking ball was just a hammer, you know, and he was, he's just – Painting that outside corner, the back door with the breaking ball, freezing guys, getting them to chase. Um, you know, the, the change up, I think he threw at least maybe just once, but it, it was it was nothing special. But, boy, the, the fastball and the curveball, I mean, that was elite. That's back-end stuff. Uh, that was really, really impressive in the way that he located it. So if he can continue to, to repeat his command to those two pitches, boy, that's that's pretty special. Um, and, and that allows you to maybe, I guess, slide Ethan Smith uh, into a starting role or, or keep him in a starting role rather than have to use him as your, your key guy in the bullpen. I, I think that ideally uh, that's the configuration that Vandy would probably like. And I haven't talked to Brownie about that, but um, you know, I, I think if you have Smith going on Sundays and, and then you have a real weapon in the back with Murphy and then all the pieces in between, I mean, you know, obviously you hope Hugh Fisher can, can return to, to form, you know, his stuff wasn't, wasn't great compared to what I've seen in the past. Um, this weekend, but I mean, he's, you know, he's, he'll, he'll be back. I think he'll be back. I mean, certainly it's, we all know, you know, how good he can be. I mean, I've seen him up to, I don't know, 97 or 98 before, and it was kind of 89, 93 the other day, which was uh, a little disappointing, but he, he's going to get lefties out. And, and I think he'll just get stronger and stronger the, the, the further he gets removed from, from surgery. So that's certainly going to be a key piece in the bullpen. And, um, you know, you mentioned um, the lefty Beckwich and, and, I like what I saw there. I mean, that's the guy that, that showed me, you know, real pitchability with, with three pitches. Uh, I like the, you know, the fastball has got a little bit of funk to it. Um, it's been that little breaking ball and, and, and good change up too, which you don't always see from that kind of a low slot, but um, I liked him a lot. I, that's a guy, if I'm, if I'm betting, um, I think he'll make a big contribution, you know, as a freshman and, and, and see a lot of innings in the course of his career. Anybody else stand out? Because frankly, the, Box score lines were kind of brutal with some of those freshmen, particularly the ones that started and got stretched out a little bit. I saw bits and pieces of talent there. Like, you can see why Corbin signed those kids, but I wasn't sure in terms of how many of those guys are going to help them right away. Yeah, and and certainly the other thing to remember is, you know, in the fall, um, in particular, I've, I've noticed that the freshmen at Vanderbilt, they never have their best stuff. And that's that's typical a lot of, at a lot of programs because of those guys are working hard in the weight rooms, uh, especially Vandy. You know, I mean, I remember last year, was it last year, the year before? Um, I guess it was last year, you know, the Doolins and the Labakis and all those guys. I mean, saw them in the, in the fall and it's all kind of just vanilla stuff. I mean, because they were tired from, from working so hard trying to build strength. Um, so I, I do think that some of those guys – We'll take steps forward by the time we get to the spring. But um, I did like what I saw from Gage Bradley, um, you know, athletic, kind of slender, quick arm, uh, really works. A little bit of funk, too, on the, on the front side, and a little bit of deception. Kind of inconsistent command. Obviously, that's a piece that's going to have to continue coming. But, it's, I mean, yeah, Don, Donye Evans certainly has has some, some you know, long-term potential. I don't know that he's ready right now. But uh, I like the kind of whippy, low three-quarters look and – projection again the arm the arm works um I, I thought the breaking ball wasn't very good but you know 88 to 90 guy that will throw harder as he develops there's no question um you know there, there's a lot to like about his long-term future but you're right as far as the immediate 
immediate short-term future, uh, probably not a guy that they're counting a whole lot on this year. I want to get into some more specific questions from listeners, but one thing I want to make sure I ask you, you said leaving the ballpark. Um, the first thing you said to me when I saw you actually was, man, I'm going to have a tough choice at one and two between Fandy and Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's probably not a shock that, you know, you would say that. Everybody knows this is a returning team. But I think that this weekend was just kind of validation of what we figured we'd see for the most part. Now, I thought the offense yeah. was a little better than I expected. And again, you maybe can you can explain that with some of the pitching and the stuff you just went into. But it did look the part of a national title contender. Yeah, indeed. You know, and then that's the thing is there are maybe some less proven pieces in the lineup than you, you, maybe you're used to. But I mean, boy, I mean, the way it, it's coming together, it's pretty exciting. Um, I really like, you know, the way Carter Young looks. He looks like a like an emerging big time star, um, you know, as, as does obviously Isaiah Thomas and uh, Tate Colwick looked awesome. You know, I think if you put him at, at second base, potentially with Young at short or, or I guess you could flip those two if you want, but I think Young plays short and Colwick plays second. And then you got a really, I think, good um, middle infield duo that is going to defend and, and be offensive. Both those guys, I mean, I think it can really swing the bat. Um, you know, and of course you got CJ behind the plate, who I think uh, is clearly going to have a big year. I mean, he reminds me a lot of Noah Card- Cardenas from UCLA. He's kind of a similar player. Uh, I think he's going to hit for some average this year, as well as um, you know, occasional pop, but uh, really defense, obviously. And um, you know, on the corners, you're big and physical there with 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 Parker Nolan, Dominic Keegan, and you know, Jason Gonzalez in that mix potentially. Um, that's those are guys that they really need to have big years, you know, to, to give them the, the the power potential. That's I feel like this this team is really going to run, you know. I mean, you've got Cooper Davis, you got Enrique Bradfield, um, you know, I think Will Duff is a guy that could have a nice breakout year. I really like him, athletic kind of quick twitch guy. Uh, Matt Hogan, I've always kind of been intrigued by. You know, they've got a lot of speed on this team. Javier Voss can run a lot. I mean. Um, Corbin loves to push the action. We know that. Um, and I think this team will really be able to play his style of baseball, but you still need some, some pop in there. And that's why I was very encouraged by what I saw from Keegan, um, just, just crushing the ball to the opposite field, you know, repeatedly that was encouraging to see. Um, I wasn't there on Friday when I think Romero went deep twice, right? Yeah, he did. And neither were cheap. Yeah. I mean, that's a strong bodied compact kind of tank of a, of a man um, curious to see what he could do, you know, with, with more playing time. I don't know how they're going to, I mean, he, certainly, you know, he's going to get his share of, of, of starts behind the plate just to keep CJ fresh, but um, I'm not sure if he'll wind up DHing when he's not catching or what. I mean, we'll see how if, if his bat can keep itself in the lineup, but certainly they've got a lot of options here. I mean, a lot of guys they can mix and match with and, but you know, I mean that, that, those guys we talked about, that's the foundation of what I think is a pretty good competitive lineup. I mean, maybe not as much star power as some of the other best teams we've seen, you know, the, 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 the Swansons and the Wisemans and the, you know, I mean, but I mean, honestly, like some of these guys, you took about a Xander wheel. I mean, why can't, you know, Noland or, or Keegan be that kind of a guy? I think they absolutely can and will, and, and maybe even better than that. So, um, you know, I, I think that you're looking at a very productive balanced lineup versatile lineup that can probably beat you in a lot of different ways. 
Let's hop into the mailbag that is sponsored by Vanderbilt Fan, Josh Minton, an independent insurance agent operating out of Brentwood who can take care of all your insurance needs. Call Josh today, 615-933-1979. Email him at josh at hqinsurance.com. Follow him on Twitter at joshuamintonhq or facebook.com forward slash jdmintonhq. He's my insurance agent. Give him a try. Tell him you heard about him on the Vandy Sports Podcast. Baseball Bros says, from an outside perspective, what can we realistically expect from a one-two punch of Rocker and Lighter? Yeah, I mean, clearly it's got a chance to be the best one-two punch we've seen in college baseball in, in quite a long time. You know, I mean, you, you think back to, to Cole and Bauer at UCLA, you know, the number one and number three overall picks, guys who've had really nice big league careers. Um, and, and, and Bauer was... You know, his, his junior year at UCLA was one of the best seasons in the 20th century in college baseball. I mean, he was really, 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 really good as a junior. But but Cole really wasn't. Um, you know, I think Cole was a, a sub-500 pitcher as a junior, you know. And it, the stuff was great, and he was 96 to 100, and he was getting squared up because he wasn't locating it and wasn't really – didn't have the kind of life on it that it has now. Um, and so really, I mean, I think lighter and – and, and Rocker, if they perform up to their potential, could could be better than those two guys were, um, you know, as a collective, just because Cole wasn't really his his peak self as a junior. Um, I mean, I think back to to the, the 2003 Rice team, you know, Neiman and Umber and Townsend, um, you know, that's that's kind of the, the last one that you had those those first round talents that also performed um, at that elite level, you know, for for a team that won the national championship. Um, you know, obviously there've been a lot of teams since then where you've had great duos. I mean, think of all the Vandy arms, um, that have been on the same staff together. I mean, uh, Sonny Moore and, and, uh, Sonny Moore, Sonny Gray and, 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 uh, Grayson Garvin, you know, I feel like those two guys, if I'm not mistaken, was it the 2013 team where they were both? Uh, no, that was 2011. And that was a year Garvin won pitcher of the year. 11. Yeah. And it, but Gray might've been better. Right. I mean. So, you know, you had Vandy, you've had duos before, but if we're talking about top five pick kind of talents um, that also, I think, could perform at, at that truly elite level, um, because you're, you're not just talking about upside, you're talking about now stuff and now now pitchability as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we're, we're talking about something that could be pretty historic this year. I was sitting right behind home plate. I'm usually in the press box, and it just struck me how easy Lighter's delivery is, because I was yeah. thinking that he was probably sitting 91, 92 with the fastball. I think it was you were telling me he was 95, 96 on some of those, which yeah. stunned me because it just didn't look, uh, you know, he just he just makes it look so effortless. You don't see many guys that sit there with that fastball that just make it so easy coming out of the hand. Yeah, he's exactly right. He's got great tempo and balance and rhythm in the, in the delivery, and it just it does come out easy. And, yeah, I was I was – Impressed to see it sitting 93, 96 for two innings. He bumped to 97, um, you know, and, and four pitches. I mean, it's it's everything you want. I mean, clearly this guy is, uh, has taken the, the next step in his progression that you hoped he would. And, um, you know, assuming the command uh, is is as good as we think it can be because, you know, because he's got such a good delivery, because he's got such an eight field to pitch, um, I think he's – He's gonna be he's gonna be fun to watch this year. You know, you've got that combination of stuff and and I think pitchability. Boy, oh boy, it's gonna be fun. Utah Ozzy says, would Vandy's weekend rotation be the best in the country? If not, who would rank higher on paper and why? Now I'm gonna go ahead and throw an assumption into here. 
semi-informed. I think Ethan Smith will be their third guy. So you've really answered the lighter rocker portion. I think we're nibbling around the yeah. edges at this point. But throw Ethan Smith in there, and what does that yep. do? Yeah, I think with those three guys, my answer is yes. I think that's clearly the best in the country. Um, I mean, I love Florida's pitching staff top to bottom. Um, you know, and, and they're lucky that they get Mason Leftwich back. But look at the track record that those two guys have. It doesn't really compare. I mean, they, they still have more to prove. They have great stuff. They have more to prove. Um, Hunter Barco would probably be the other guy there for Florida. I mean, that's a great, also potentially great one, two, three. And, and just beyond that, I mean, I think sheer depth. Um, I think Florida probably has the, the, the deepest staff in the country. But the top end guys, I would take Vandy. And, you know, you, you might put Ole Miss or Mississippi State in that discussion. Um, you know, with, with Gunnar Hoagland, who's already been a first-rounder and has taken another, another step with, with his stuff. And Doug Nikhazy, of course, who's, who's had a really nice career so far. And, um, you know, Derek Diamond showed some very exciting stuff as a freshman last spring. That's a, it's a good trio for Ole Miss. And uh, Mississippi State with Christian McLeod and, and Will Bednar and Eric Sarantola, those, those second two guys, Bednar and Sarantola, uh, the reports this fall, and I didn't see either of them when I was in Starkville, but I've seen the track man numbers, and, and um, it's it's nuts. You know, those guys have big-time stuff also. Uh, but again, you know, you've got more to prove. You've got less of a track record, less maybe um, ability, in Sarantola's case in particular, to, to command the zone with your huge stuff. Um, you know, that's what has always set Rocker apart, um, you know, especially since the second half of his freshman year was, not only was it great stuff, but, I mean, he had that special that special ability to use it, uh, like Strasburgian, you know, I mean, David Price. I mean, some of those, the great number one overall picks that we've seen come through college baseball, um, it was it was kind of like that. And so long answer, I guess, but, but, but really the short answer is it's Vandy. I mean, I think clearly the best rotation in the country. Smake Howells hits on some things we've just hit on, so I'll let you tie up the loose ends in the question that we haven't talked about here. He says, what do you look at when comparing top teams – you mentioned you were thinking Vandy versus Florida for one. Are you looking total team talent, position by position, yeah. weighing pitching versus hitting? How do you break that down? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot that, that factors into it. There, there are certain things that I weigh more heavily than others. I mean, um, you know, I, I think obviously starting rotation and also bullpen, um, you know, those are those are important things. I mean, I look at, you know, we, we grade out these teams in a variety of categories when doing our preseason stuff, just to get a starting point. Um, you know, speed, power, um, you know, defense, bullpen, starting pitching, experience, intangibles, all these things that you see in our, in our top 25 breakdowns, but there's certain things we weigh more than others. You know, I mean, I think speed is, is a nice to have, but you can win without speed. And, and I think the same goes for power. I mean, uh, it's great to have power, but you can win without it. I, I don't think you, you can really win big without good pitching and defense and, and, you know, the ability to have a good team offense. I mean, the hitting hitting category, if you will. Um, now, that can be maybe hit situationally, maybe you pull out pressure on the short game, maybe it's a doubles offense. It doesn't have to be hitting it over the over the fence, but we, we do, you know, we look at all those things. But but those are the categories I weigh, I weigh most is, is kind of, um, you know, the starting pitching, the bullpen, the defense, and, and just the, the general kind of ability to, to be efficient on offense. I think those things are really important. Um, and yeah, we look position by position and, and uh, um, you look at what's coming back, you look at who are the breakout guys and it is, you know, I, I use this kind of formula as a starting point, but it's still more of an art than a, than a science. There's still some, some, some gut that goes into it. Um, but, 
I mean, uh, Vandy, Florida, clearly two of the best teams that will probably be one, two in some order. Um, I saw Louisville, they're loaded again, even after losing a couple of first rounders in the rotation, they're going to be probably a top five team. Um, I would think UCLA will be a top five team, uh, clearly. And, um, you know, I, I think that, uh, I mean, Texas Tech, TCU, those teams look pretty good in the Big 12. I haven't seen them this fall, but they're always kind of in that mix. And, and I know TCU has a lot of veteran guys back. I don't think maybe top five, but maybe top 10. Um, really like Ole Miss, Mississippi State, LSU. Um, all these teams are, are in the discussion. But I do feel like, top of my head, Florida and Vandy do feel a, a tick better than everybody else. Do you have like an out-of-the-blue dark horse off the top of your head? I hate to put you on the spot, <laughs> but I, I only do it because I know you probably got an answer to that. Well, I still can't quit the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. I mean, every <laughs> yeah, they're they're good. I'm telling you, they're good. I mean, it's this an Omaha caliber team that uh, just needs to go out and do it now, and and we'll see if that happens. But uh, like their team a lot. I mean, Virginia. I'm actually going to see them tomorrow. But uh, I really like what they've got coming back. They've been down for for a couple years now, but I think they're they're back now. I think they're going to do big things this year. So um, those are a couple of teams that maybe aren't on people's radar because they haven't been as good the last couple of years. But um, I'm telling you, watch out for Wake Forest. Kendall keeps laughing at me about this, and, and I get it. You know, they got off to a slow start. It was, it was only four weeks, but they got off to a slow start in 2020. They were going to be really good. They just didn't quite have time to figure it all out. But this year, they're they're they're, I mean, they're going to be really good. I'm not laughing at you. I, I just respect the fact that you will plant a flag there uh, because you've done it. that before. I have. Yeah. And usually, you know, sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, but uh, like Clemson, I went down with the Clemson ship a few times over the last half decade. Um, Wake Forest, I, I've, 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 for some reason, I've been on them um, repeatedly. And, and it worked out the one year they, they, they hosted a regional. They, they, were, they brought Florida to the, to the brink in 2017. Um, and then last year it didn't work out as well, but again, it was a short season. So I'm, I'm standing by that one. Well, you can't be interesting unless you have the freedom to be wrong. If you don't want to take a risk ever, then that gets dull. So that's, that's a prediction I respect. Thank you. Let's see. Last one from VU 65. What's your impression of Enrique Bradfield? Well, um, I think as our, our mutual friend at VU hot talk, uh, compared him kind of physically to to a young Willie McGee, and, and I mean it's hard to miss it. You know, he wears number fifty one. Maybe that that helps the impression. Uh, but I mean, it's just a kind of a rangy, quick twitch athlete. Obviously, can really fly. He's just kind of like a little Joe Morgan elbow pump back there in his setup, which I like. Um, handles a bat, good bunter. Um, you know, works counts. He's just going to kind of. Uh, slap and dash some, kind of spray the ball around. But, I mean, he could be a dynamic player. He's going to be – I think he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, and it seemed like he's got a little bit more strength maybe at this early early phase than, um, than people expected. He's, he seemed like he handled himself against some velocity. And, uh, you know, I think he's going to be kind of a gnat. Um, I think he's going to be able to defend really well. He can obviously really run. He has instincts in the outfield. So um, he's he's – he's going to be a fun player, you know, and, and I think it, he looks to me like a guy that's ready to play right away is, is an everyday player. And so if you've got him and, you know, Cooper Davis together in the outfield with Isaiah Thomas, boy, it's, you're going to cover some, some serious ground. Uh, and, and there's not a lot of balls that are going to find those gaps. So that that's fun. I like the McGee comp. That's a, that's a good one. McGee had like 2,500 hits. So if that holds up, <laughs> then, yeah. then he'd have a career. Absolutely. So. 
Aaron, appreciate your time today. Anything that's worth getting into on Vandy that we didn't get into? And also wanted to give you the floor to promote your products at D1, your Twitter account, and anything else like that. So I'll hand it off to you before we end the show today. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's always great talking baseball with you. I, I do, um, you know, like a lot of things about this Vandy team. I, I like I like I said before, I just thought the uh, the lineup was um, was very impressive and was maybe the thing that, that had more to prove than on the mound. And and boy, I mean, it. I, I walked away thinking, okay, yeah, they're going to be very, I think, very good on offense. Uh, kind of like you know. I don't know, like Ole Miss last year. I remember going into old, to Oxford last last fall and thinking, oh, they're young, they got a lot to prove. But after watching them for a couple of days, you walk away like, yeah. I mean, they, I think I think they got a chance to be really good. And then they came out and were even better than you thought. I think Vandy's kind of like that. You know, they're gonna come out and be even better than people think because the talent is good. And and I think the skill and the the feel for the game is very impressive too. So, uh, gonna be a great season for Vandy. Um, it's going to be a great season of D1 baseball. I hope uh, people out there are subscribing. Um, we've just added Mike Rooney, television's Mike Rooney, to our staff. Um, we've already recorded our first podcast with the Bruins. And as you might imagine, he brings a lot of energy and, and insight. And, and it's going to be a lot of fun, um, you know, collaborating with, with that guy, uh, with his great track record, of course, and his passion for the game. So check us out, D1Baseball.com. You can find our podcast uh, wherever you find your podcasts. And... Um, you know, we'll have fall reports rolling all the way through December and then rolling right into uh, uh, the season preview stuff. So check it out, d1baseball.com. Well, the best just got better. You guys are indeed the best. And Aaron, uh, God willing, I will see you at Hawkins Field next year. We, yeah. I don't think we can survive another year without college baseball. I think we'd all lose our minds. Amen. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's bring it on. All right. Thank you for joining us today, Aaron. Thanks, Chris. Good to be with you. He's Aaron Fitt of D1 Baseball. I'm Chris Lee, the host of the Vandy Sports Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are done for this week, and we will start it again next week as we get back into football. So thank you for listening to the Vandy Sports Podcast, and check back for new episodes next week.